You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam. It is Tuesday, September 25th. 2018. Great day to be a Buckeye, Maddie. It is. Well, really? Is it? Every day is a great day. This is a little bit of a sad day. It is. But every day is a great day to be a Buckeye. How was your, uh, well, let the people know you're playing hurt today. Yeah, I am. I, uh, I just had lunch before I came into the office, and uh, on my last bite of the sandwich I had, I just bit the hell out of my bottom lip. So in case I sound like I have a lisp or something today, or I'm not talking right, it's because I'm only focused that I like bit halfway through my lip and I let out a scream in the office, producer for Common Man and T-Bone that you can hear every day on 97.1 The Fan from 3 to 6 in the afternoons. I scared him. I startled him. He turned around and said, oh, what the hell, man? You know, I'm... It's just, it's bad day, Maddie. It's raining out. Well, you know, these are my type of days. Outside when it's rainy, it's cool out. You see, I got I got your favorite combo on. I got the hoodie and I got the shorts on today. Beauty. I know you love that no, I combo. Love um, no, I love these type of days. If I could get three days a week where it was cloudy and rainy and cool, I'm all in. Speaking of cloudy, rainy, and cool, that may be the vibe no. over at the Woody no. Hayes Center surrounding the Ohio State team because we found out yesterday after Urban Meyer's press conference beam that... Nick Bosa's father has mm-hmm. made it known that Nick won't be reevaluated until November. Yep. This is a problem. This is a big problem because now the conversation of him maybe not playing ever again sure. in a Buckeye uniform, it's on the table because we know and we've been talking about it since pod number one that this guy has the ability, the talent, the upside to be the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Absolutely he does, and um, it just – it does. It sucks. Um, you know, you got the word out of John Bosa yesterday, Nick's pops, and uh, pretty much said that he's not going to be reevaluated until November, and then you immediately start thinking like, okay, well, you know, Thanksgiving's moved up a week this year. It's the third to last weekend uh, in November that Ohio State takes on Michigan. That gives you only two other games really – in the month of November, you got the Michigan State game, and I believe you have Illinois somewhere in there as well. Uh, but it just, you know, it, it does. It, it sucks, Maddie, because we have been talking about uh, this this whole thing about Nick Bosa, and maybe you know, four to six weeks. Okay, you can deal with that. Sure. That will be fine. Uh, but when it comes onto the table that he's not going to be reevaluated mm. until November, you know, that's um, it, it, today's. September 25th, you have to think, all right, you flash forward five weeks, it gets you into November, the beginning of November. Uh, Ohio State's already played four games. Five more weeks go by. That's week nine, heading into week 10. Uh, Buckeyes only played 12 12 games in the regular season. So even with the fastest comeback possible that he's re-evaluated in five weeks and the first, like, November 1, all right, he's re-evaluated November 1, and this happens – uh, then you could see him coming back for you know maybe the last two games of the season. But then again, on the other hand, I know a lot of Ohio State fans would say, yeah, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to be ready to go. I don't know about that I because this is a guy who is certifiably one of the top three draft picks in next April's draft, and it's not even close. Look you look it. at you look, look at Ed Oliver. You look at a guy like Nick Bosa. Those probably, I mean, those guys are going to be top three. Yes, and you look at him. And what he can do for this team, 
and you know right away how we thought about this last week, saying they can be fine Mm -hmm. as long as they get him back. I don't think you're going to see too much drop in production for the time that he's out, maybe a four- to six-week period. Okay, you can deal with that. But now if you're talking about, well, Nick Bosa may not come back for the entire season and may have to look out for his pro career, which I can't. I can't blame him for because, you know, that's millions of dollars. You have to do what you have to do. I understand that. But it sucks to sit here today uh, being a fan of the Scarlet and Gray, sitting here and thinking that, okay, he may be out for the rest of the year. Like, his career may have just come to an end against TC. I mean, you just talk about the impact that this guy has on a weekly basis, not only just up front for the defensive line, but for the secondary as well. When you got a guy that's this elite at pass rushing, it just changes completely the dynamic of what you're able to do defensively. So no doubt they will miss him. Beam, you touched on the schedule there uh, briefly. You obviously have Penn State this week, Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue. That's your following remaining October schedule. So if he were to be a reevaluate, like you said, if you got a cold deadline of November 1, he's going to be reevaluated. You're looking at Nebraska two days later on the 3rd uh, at the crib here in Columbus, Ohio. So then the following week, you go at Notre, uh, excuse me, not at Notre Dame, at Michigan State, at Maryland, home against Michigan. And look, if he gets the itch to come back, if he sees that Ohio State is right there and contending for the college football playoff, would he be tempted by that? Absolutely. But sure. because of the elephant in the room, the multi-millions, the millions and millions yep. of dollars that's waiting for him fully next guaranteed. spring, fully guaranteed, mm-hmm. Beam, that is going to be so hard to just replace that with your love for Ohio State. And I, I know, know people I know. don't love hearing that. It's the truth, though, man. But you got to be truthful. Have, you have to put yourself in their shoes. You have to put yourself in a 21 to 22-year-old kid's shoes yeah, man. and think about, look... Do I really want to sacrifice potentially changing not only my life, my kids' lives, their kids' lives with the money that I can make as a top five pick and endorsement deals and all that stuff that's going to come with it? Do I really want to sacrifice that for some love for Ohio State fans on Twitter or pat on the back when you see me around Columbus? And I know people don't like that, but that's the reality of the situation that you're in when you're talking about guys like Nick Bosa being in this situation. I've always drawn the line when we have conversations like this because we got into it last year with what Denzel Ward decided not to play in the Cotton Bowl. That game meant nothing in the grand scheme of things. If you aren't in the college football playoff, if you aren't playing and contending for a national title when it gets to December 31st, January 1, then you have every right in the world to sit out a college football game. I have no problem Go ahead, man. Go earn your money. I don't care. You saw what happened to Jalen Smith a couple years ago. His brother, Joey, played in that same game. Got ejected for targeting early in that game, which is a crap call still, I think, to this day. But Joey didn't have to go out there, and he did so. But on the flip side of that, we saw what happened to Jalen Smith and the amount of money that he lost. Look, tight end from that team up North Michigan, pick North guy, Jake Jake Butt. Butt, Same situation, blew out his knee in their bowl game, cost him a ton of money. So that's a very real situation. And I don't think Buckeye fans should be selfish and thinking, hey, it's all about the university. This guy has put in a ton of work. He's produced at a ridiculously high level. Yes, it sucks for you personally that you're going to lose Nick Bosa, but put yourself in his shoes, his family's shoes, and think about the opportunity that he's going to have. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that comes across the table, and I would be a fool to sit here and say, you know what? Ohio, it's all about Ohio State. It's all about Ohio State. Sure, for a lot of these guys, it is. But for the one percenters like Nick Bosa yeah. to have a chance to change their lives the way they're, they're going to have a chance to do so in the spring, I can't knock him at all, Beam, if he decides to hang it up here at Ohio State. I can't. And not even to say that it, it doesn't suck for Nick Bosa, because obviously it does. The, the amount of work that 
uh, he has put in, and you read the Pete Thamel story, uh, that he stretches an hour, an hour and a half per day outside of going to classes, outside of practice, outside of doing homework, writing papers, all this stuff. This is an hour and a half to two hours he puts in every single day uh, to make sure that his body is fully healthy and ready to go. And if you dedicate yourself to that, you dedicate dedicate yourself so much to one thing, in, in this case that Nick Bosa did to Ohio State football, I'm sure there's absolutely no other person in the world who is as gutted to hear the news and coming off of the surgery than Nick Bosa is. Of course right. he wants to be out there with his guys trying to win a national championship, trying to get Ohio State to that ninth no title. Question. And this is a team that's absolutely fully loaded. And with him at the helms, you felt like there was an absolute chance that they could go out there and do it. And I'm not saying that there's not anymore. All I'm saying is that the continued effect of missing him now for the possibility of eight weeks, even the rest of the year, you know, like that really, really sucks. Yeah. And and I know it's not easy for Ohio State fans to listen and say, you know, there's something bigger than Ohio State football. But listen, you put yourself in the situation of, like you said, 20, 21-year-old kid no doubt. who's looking straight at the bank of 18 to $24 million, <laughs> you know, all guaranteed, yeah. cash value. Like, that would be so hard to do. And like I said, I just I don't think that there's anybody more upset hearing this news than Nick Bosa because, of course, you want to be out there with your guys. And at the end of the day, you put so much sweat equity into trying to make this team the best that you can, into trying to make yourself the best as you yes. can. And the fact that that gets ripped away from you absolutely sucks. It, it sucks. And, you know, being we, we love what this guy brings to the table. We know he's a competitor, and I'm sure it'll be a tough decision for him when they get to that time, he and his family, about what he should do. Because, um, let's face it, I mean, this is something that a lot of players just don't even have the chance to even think about possibly what's upcoming, and that's potentially being the number one overall pick. If he was the number number one overall pick, beam, he'd be the first Buckeye since 97, Orlando Pace, uh, sure. to be the number one overall pick coming out of Ohio State. You know we love stat nuggets on this show, mm -hmm. so I wrote these down for you because okay. I'm sure you would appreciate this, or I hope you would appreciate it, or you may just think you're an idiot. Shut up. Here's Joey, uh, Joey Nick Bosa's stats from 2017, Beam. 34 tackles, 15 TFLs, tackle for loss, for those that don't know, and nine sacks. Here's Nick Bosa's 2018 stats through three games. 14 tackles, six TFLs, four sacks, and two fumble recoveries. Mm. I mean, that's just, well, that's the pace he was on. And we talked about he's the best player in the college football. I mean, he is that freaking good. And you, this sucks, right? This sucks. But... Beam, I know you like a couple of the young and up-and-coming guys that are going to have a chance to get out there and make plays. We know about Chase Young, but is there another guy that you really think or want to see step up and really get this pass rushing uh, moving right in the right direction like it was with Nick Post? I think when you look at this Ohio State defensive line, Chase Young is going to get all of the pressure now, and he's going to get all the attention because we were talking about potentially Nick Bosa being number one this year and Chase Young being number two uh, next year in the draft. And, yeah, he's going to come back next year, Chase Young, but more so worried about this year. But the guy who's going to be opposite of him that I think is going to have a massive impact and has worked his absolute tail off, the local kid from Gahanna, Jonathan Cooper. Cool. There is a lot of big-time playability with him. His pass rush is amazing. He is very good uh, when it comes to being dedicated to the outside. Uh, he can swim move. He can bull rush. He can do just about anything you expect an elite Ohio State pass rusher to do. I think Jonathan Kep Cooper was actually a little bit slept on heading into this season because we saw him and Chase Young be listed as co-starters for week one. And this has continued out. Uh, last, last week he got the start. 
And I think Jonathan Cooper is going to be the one guy who now with Nick Bosa out, you're going to see play the most playing time opposite of Chase Young. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a great point. He's a guy you definitely keep your eye on. For me, I'm going to go inside All because right. you know we love B.B. Landers. Mm-hmm. But Draymond Jones... You came back because you knew there was a lot of meat left on the bone, right? On your resume. Right. You knew that you could be a better player this year. It's time to show that. Step I, it up. I really Exactly. Yeah. I think he is a really good player. Actually, I know he is a really good player. Now I want to see him take it to the next level. Let's see when defenses are going to focus on more and you and Chase Young, what you really have. And I happen to think that he's going to happen to show up and play really well. And I think it's going to be a big week for him moving forward. You get B.B. Landers back this week. Urban did confirm that. Mike Weber, uh, he's good to go. All those guys will be ready to rock against the game, uh, against the Knicks. Lines. Before we take a break here, I want to let you know about our guys from MyBookie. I know a lot of you guys out there love betting. The place to do that is MyBookie. If you need any information, go check out our guys at MyBookie. Use the promo code ONCOLLEGE25BEAM. You know, betting is a big thing now. You know, you and I have been going back and forth about parlays, how we're going to put this stuff together. Use MyBookie for all of that. We'll be back and play some urban clips about the offense and what he expects uh, heading into Penn State. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So Urban took to the podium yesterday to talk about not much. There wasn't a lot of Tulane stuff, as expected. I mean, nobody (laughs) expected him to get into that. But I think the big thing now is you're talking about this Penn State game. It's the game. It's It's the game of the year so far. It is going to be the game of the year so far. You got past TCU. That was a big one. Now... Excuse me, you're talking about going on the road into arguably um, the toughest atmosphere Bro, in college it's football. Nuts. You've been there, you've told the stories all, all plenty of times about being on the sideline. I love hearing that stuff because it takes people inside of what's really going on. Because you could feel it through the TV, but being there is just a completely different monster. And beam, that's going to be the big thing is how this offense handles all of the noise. You know how this works. I'm sure you could drive down Old Tangy River Road right now and hear the music blasting from the Woody Hayes because sure. you got to get that stuff going. you got to get the silent counts ready to roll. That, to me, is going to be the big thing. Obviously, you have to worry about Penn State and what they do offensively. But just on the offensive side of the ball, for Ohio State this week, can they limit the penalties, the delay of games, yeah. the false starts, all of that stuff? You have to wipe that away because – the noise is going to be a big factor. Not just a factor, it's going to be a big factor yeah. because, man, that stadium just absolutely rocks. And when you have Ohio State coming out of the tunnel, um, it's going to take it to a whole nother level. So that, to me, Beam, is just a big thing. All week long, will they be able to get enough good practices in and really feel good about their silent cuts moving forward because it's going to be needed Saturday night? Ohio State is you know, used to playing in a loud environment when you get a big game at the Horseshoe. I mean, that place gets as loud as any any stadium in college football. But what is the most uh, imperative thing this week for Ohio State is just focus on the little details. No mental mistakes right. in practice because if you go there and let's say you're facing a third and three and then that whiteout causes a false start penalty, right. you know, then you get it backed up to third and eight. Then you put your quarterback in a bad situation where maybe he's making a throw that he doesn't necessarily feel comfortable making and he's going to have to force a play. That creates a turnover. That creates an environment that just feeds on itself, sure. you know, and it just becomes like cannibalistic where a big play happens crowd goes nuts another big play and then it can become a chain event maddie we've seen it here at ohio state you saw it down in in jerry world when ohio state got the momentum it was like a just flash flood of scarlet yeah where it was bang 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 and then the game was over at that point because they scored 20 straight or 21 straight points uh you saw that happen and that's my biggest thing for ohio state and i think the biggest key player this weekend 
for Ohio State, and this isn't going to be on a lot of people's radars, but what you saw in the TCU game, uh, what you saw when there was an environment that wasn't an Ohio State home crowd, you really have to focus on Michael Jordan, the center, because for me, Maddie, yes, he snapped the ball so many times that was down in the turf. Can't happen. Haskins is picking it up, yeah. and when you have that kind of play against Penn State in this wideout, where I'm telling you, it's the most disorienting thing I've ever seen in my life. I've mm-hmm. been down on the sidelines before at this stadium. And it is unbelievable. Everywhere you turn, it's white. You really do get disoriented. Yeah. Ohio State's going to be wearing, I'm sure they're, they're going to be wearing the white jerseys. No it's going to be hard to see their own players. And so if Dwayne Haskins has to think, you know, even for a split second about where the ball is and getting the ball, and that takes a second off of your train of thought to think, all right, now I've lost my progression right. because my timing is a second off. It's going to be so key for Michael Jordan there to be able to get his offensive lineman in sync and snap the ball right to the damn chest yeah, of Dwayne Haskins every it's time. It's paramount. It is absolutely paramount, yeah. and I think it's a great point that you bring up, Bean, because you mentioned those low snaps, that's going to be the difference between the DB catching up to a receiver, the right. linebacker filling up that A gap as, as, you know, as opposed to J.K. Dobbins beating him there and getting to the second level. All that stuff matters. So I think it's a phenomenal point. Here's Urban Meyer talking about the offense playing well around Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, throwing the ball, I, I, and I think everyone knows this. I hate to, you know, I'm not preaching to you, but it's, you know, the quarterback is a production of the offensive line. They've done a very good job protecting Dwayne this year. Uh, it's also, other than TCU, we've been, we get our hands on a ball, we usually catch it, and they've been very good at that. Uh, so it's uh, it's cumulative effort. And uh, Dwayne to be the first one in a minute, but, uh, you know, having veteran receivers that have a skill set as everybody can see it on display when we play. That's the key for me and it's the, these veteran receivers and what they've been able to do but I just think overall it's been a really strong unit being but those guys on the outside I think Paris Campbell catching two touchdowns the week before Penn State is a big thing because mentally we've known it's been a bit of a hurdle for him with the hands and stuff. I love that guy because I just think he is such a valuable asset to have but to see him you know get a quick uh, little crossing TD get a deep bomb sure. for a TD all that stuff just Stalin- It's the momentum that you want, and this is a team with these veteran receivers leading the offensive group that you have to feel really confident about because they've been there. They've been in hostile environments going back to Oklahoma a couple years ago. Penn State. Basic defense. They have been there. That was just unbelievable from the backup quarterback. And he hasn't even won the job. Kyler Murray came in and took the job. Come on, if you're going to talk trash, at least be a baller. But, Beam, this offense has been so well-rounded, but now you've got a veteran group that can look Dwayne Haskins in the eye, look J.K. Mike Weber and say, you know what, everybody, just take a deep breath. We've been here before. We've got the talent. If we, we just don't have to shoot ourselves in the foot, and everything should be all right. Yeah, I don't think that they are going to. Uh, from what we've seen from Ohio State uh, against Tulane, Maddie, it was you know a bit of a it, it was a it was a messy win. I know that Dwayne Haskins' numbers were outrageous, but you look at a couple of you know the holding penalties, the false starts, the penalties on special teams, you know having to re-kick extra points, like all of these things matter when you go into an environment like Penn State is going to throw at you on Saturday night. Uh, but really looking at the offense and looking at the receivers, you, you can't ask for anything more yeah, uh, the first can't. first four games of the season other than the Austin Mack drops in, in, the, in the TCU game. And the one pick from Haskins. That's, I, that, that's I mean, literally it. Right, that's that it. has been all that you can criticize from the skill positions and the quarterback is one interception <laughs> and about four drops in a 30-minute span from Austin Mack. Other than that, I think they've they've all been so good. But when you got guys like K.J. Hill and Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin and these guys who have been around the block for so long, going back to a game 
you know, during the two-lane game, Maddie, it's not just about catching the ball either. That's a huge thing that Brian Hartline stresses is that if when you're not in the play and you know the play is coming to you, block your tail off. And you saw a play where Terry McLaurin on the Paris Campbell touchdown, he literally he, tail he pancaked off. one guy, Going to another, another guy, safety more. is coming, pancakes yep. that guy, Paris Campbell takes off down the seam for a touchdown. So it's imperative that you not only watch the receivers this week go to work when they're running routes, but all their extras that they do. Going back to the 2014 Ohio State team, look at Evan Spencer and look how vital he was to this team. Huge. Even though Urban still talks about you him. You got Michael Thomas and you got Devin Smith for your outside burners. Right. Yeah, that's great. But you need a guy, or in this case, a bunch of guys to get out on the outside, yeah. lay the foundation, and block your tails off. And this is what these are this is why those three guys have been named captain, because they do it every single time. And play. they do it the right way. And I love that you brought up that block from Terry McLaurin because oh, he, actually, he actually tweeted out a clip from that and said pretty much just paraphrasing, this is I love doing this almost more than catching touchdowns. Right passes when you got a guy like that that's willing to make things happen and do the dirty work uh for the other other receivers you think nfl scouts see that too they love it they absolutely love love it it. and you look at him he's a physical freak this guy is a veteran guy a guy that you would love before beam hits you with the message from fanduel i thought this was it was an interesting clip about urban talking about the offense this year as opposed to other years when you watch the film it's like i said i think it's not the same it's very different offense right now you know, one was a run first, pass second. This is a do what they give you. So it's very different. You know, uh, I don't think we've ever had a team average over 300 yards passing a game either. So it's it's different. But uh, the one thing that Ryan and Kevin have done is utilize the skill set we have of, of the offense personnel. It's a brand new look. It is a brand new look. I love it. Urban Meyer, and I absolutely love it. And I'm just praying and hoping that when it gets tight this uh, it, weekend, it, it, it is, and it's going it's, to be tight. It will be so very buckle tight. up, Ohio State yeah. fans. This is going to be the one where you're going to be sweating this out for three and a half hours. But I think, Beam, I'm really, really—I don't want to say concerned. I think I'm just intrigued by what I'm it's excited, going to look man. like I'm when excited. it's. I am too. But when it's third and three, is Urban going to veto? The, is he going to veto the quick slant, or is he going to go? Hey, no, give the ball to seven. He's going to run behind Weber, the tight end, whoever it is, and let's get it up in there. That's something I'm waiting to see to monitor <laughs> just because we know, I know that's what Urban loves to do. So moving that's his forward, MO. That's his calling that, no doubt, that's his bread and butter. You got a guy back there that can pick your part, Beam. It's going to be interesting to watch before we do that, unless you want to weigh in on that. You good? No, I'm okay. good. Yeah, I'm good with it. It's just going to be, it'll be fantastic to watch, and this will be the first time with Urban Prowl on the sideline. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to be the first time we see him if he has 100% trust and if he's adopted that CEO mentality. Uh, But let me tell you about something from our guys at FanDuel right now. FanDuel has introduced a bunch of different playing styles this year so you can win cash every weekend. This one I'm going to tell you about right now, Gridiron Pick'em. Users will choose winning teams for all the games on Sunday. $10,000 will be split amongst all of the top pickers every weekend. Unlike Survivor, the prizing here is not season long, so users should feel free to jump in anytime. I know I've told you about FanDuel. I have told you about my guy for the week, and this guy is going to be Carlos Hyde. You can get him for a discounted price. I don't think the Oakland Raiders are in a very good spot right now with John Gruden. He is hemorrhaging and breaking up this locker room with his comments about no pass rush. I think the Raiders are an absolute mess right now, so play Carlos Hyde if you can this weekend to see the Brownies get to maybe, possibly, two wins on the season. Go check our guys at FanDuel out. Hello? This is Locked On Buckeyes. 
your team every day. All right, we've got a couple minutes here. Hello? And I want to, uh, you know what we do. On Wednesdays, we usually dive into the Big Ten more than the national landscape. And obviously, Thursday and Friday, it'll be a ton of big uh, Ohio State, Penn State talk. Here's Urban Meyer. And I think this is going to be big on defending the dual threat ability of quarterback Trace McSorley. Completely different. You know, last week was more of a wishbone style triple option. This is going to be a true spread quarterback. And, uh, you know, our defense is where this is, uh, you know, JT was this kind of quarterback. So it's much different mindset, and you got to make sure you're always account for it. Beam, what was our word of the week for TCU week? Containment, right? Contain. It was contain, 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 and I think it's the same thing this week. And I think because, for the most part they did a great, and I excellent thought, job. No doubt about it. And I think this week, I think it's elevated a little bit more. You've got mm-hmm. a more of a veteran quarterback. You've got a guy I think is a little bit more elusive than Robinson. Robinson was put together stout. Not that he couldn't move around. I just sure. think with Trace, his ability to Trace distance, is a little bit more slippery. Exactly. That's a great yeah. word to use. Very slippery. And that's where I worry because we've seen the last couple of years, not just in Ohio State games, but just watching Penn State and the way they get down, it is going to be Trace McSorley just improvising on the run, on the move, keeping those guys inside the pocket. I think it's just always a big thing because I like Trace McSorley's arm, but I just think he is much more dangerous when he gets outside of the pocket as opposed to staying inside the tackles and picking you apart. I don't think he can do that the same way Dwayne does it or at the same level, but Beam, that's going to be the big thing is maintaining his legs. I think you got to keep him under 50 yards rushing in this game because if he gets anything north of that that means he's extending third and fourth downs and they're staying on the field more times than you want them yeah you look at Trace McSorley and I think that we said the same thing going back to the TCU week is that you know you knew that Sean Robinson was an elusive quarterback and he could get out and he can make a big play on you in open space and I think the same focus literally has to be the same thing but this time with an elevated offense that's more proven than TCU with a better quarterback so you know there you go and I think that um, when the Buckeyes lace them up on Saturday night and you go through practice all this week, I think that there's really one only way that you can replicate Trace McSorley, and that again would be throwing Tate Martell as in as your scout yep. team quarterback. Because I look at Tate Martell and I see Trace McSorley. I think Tate has a little bit more wheels. I think, I think he's on. a little bit more elusive and faster than Trace is. Yeah. But when everything, you know, it comes down to I need you to be as game ready as possible, and we are going to replicate the scenarios as best as we can. That is what is going. It's going to take for Ohio State throw Chase Trace McSorley or not Trace McSorley throw Tate Martell mm-hmm. in at practice in at practice and see how this dude can replicate the Penn State offense. And I think it's going to be an exact carbon copy. Uh, so if Ohio State can do that this week, and if they can bottle. If they can bottle, bottle Tate up all week in practice, then I think that they're going to be 100% gamer. No, no doubt. I think it's a great point. We uh, we knew that you know Jalen Gill was a part of that mm-hmm. during TCU week, but I think Trace, uh, Trace McSorley. I'm saying the same thing. Why, why right. I'm getting them Tate Martell gives you a really good look. Because gives, they're that similar. Exactly. That's why we're getting them confused. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think it's a great comp. We lo- I love comps, and I think that's dead on from what you see just because um, Tate is just so slippery. Shout out to me, slippery. I like that. You knew where I was going with that. No, but Trace McSorley, I think he'll give him a good look, and I think we'll hear that coming out of practice this week. All right, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow, kind of expand our college football talk. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date on everything Ohio State. We'll talk Big Ten national stuff Thursday and Friday. It'll all be all Ohio State and Penn Mm. State. Matt Hayes, Brandon Bean, this is the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.